I'm Leanne Tran, psychologist who's worked with families whose kids don't fit the mould for almost 20 years. I've worked with children for decades, but I know parents are the real change makers when it comes to their kids. Having three kids of my own means I know it's not easy. Parent Like a Psychologist is all about simplifying how you support your kids with psychology information filtered through years of experience to take you from overwhelmed to confident. Come on in. Hello, thank you for joining me again on the podcast. I'm excited today to have a guest. I've got Dr. Tommy Tran, a paediatrician here to talk all things about ADHD medication. Um, I've had a GP on the past, sorry, on the podcast in the past, talking about um, mental health consultations and how to prepare for them. And I know a lot of people found that useful. So this, I'm excited now to have a second guest, uh, Tommy Tran, to talk about medication in ADHD. And as a psychologist, we work closely together um, with paediatricians. So I'm hoping this will be the first of a couple of conversations we can have. Um, so Tommy, you have been a paediatrician, consultant paediatrician for 11 years, but working in paediatrics for about 18. <laughs> it's a long road. <laughs> feels, feels like a long time. Yeah. And so you are in private practice at Peds in a Pod and the um, clinical director there. You have must have met a lot of families whose children have ADHD over the time. Yeah, I want to feel like um, well over a thousand or or a few thousand children with ADHD now. It's probably the most common presentation that we see children for, that I see children for. Mm. Um, So kind of learnt a lot along the way from uh, the children and and their families. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, that's the people I'm talking to are parents whose children have ADHD, autism or anxiety, learning disorders, and all of those things cross over with ADHD a lot as well. So I think you'll be talking to um, a lot of people who are interested to hear your perspective. Mm. Uh, The first question I wanted to ask is about medication for ADHD how effective is medication for ADHD? Um, yeah, so if you if your child has ADHD, then medication is really effective. Um, and if you look at the kind of guidelines and how we should um, support children with ADHD, for those children above the age of six, um, most recommendations in Australia and overseas would suggest um, offering a trial of medication as a first-line option. Mm. Um, and that just reflects um, how well the medication itself works to manage ADHD symptoms in children. And what do you see as managing the symptoms well? <clears throat> to, to you, like if you were explaining it to parents who haven't, who were thinking about this, mm. what changes are you going for when you start medication? Yeah, so, I mean, as you know, there's a few different types of ADHD, mainly the inattentive symptoms and the, which often presents with organisational and executive functioning problems and learning difficulties. And then the children who are quite hyperactive and impulsive um, mm-hmm. in their behaviours. 
Um, so when we think about medication, it, it mainly addresses those core symptoms of attention, hyperactivity and impulse control. Um, so that can then um, kind of result in improvements in learning if the child, child can focus much better in class and better organised. It can result in improvements in behaviour um, mm. if they're less hyperactive and impulsive. Um, so they're probably the kind of key benchmarks um, that, that I look at. And I know there are lots of different medications for ADHD as well, or a couple, not lots, but um, can you give us a bit of a rundown on the different types and yep. when families might consider them? Yeah, sure. I, I think the in, in general they're classed into two groups. You have the stimulant medications and the non-stimulant medications. Um, I think most people, most pediatricians and psychiatrists would choose a stimulant as the per first option, unless there's a reason that you can't use it. Um, so the stimulants are usually things like Ritalin, um, dexamphetamine and Vyvanse. They're the most commonly used ones um, and they work really well um, for ADHD core symptoms. Um, the non-stimulants um, also have a role, particularly if you don't tolerate the stimulant medication because of side effects. Um, and they would typically be Intuniv or Stratera are the most common ones used in that group. Mm. You mentioned not tolerating the medications because of side effects or, um, <clears throat> but you also mentioned with stimulants, if there's a case when you can't have a stimulant, can you talk a bit about when you might not be a good candidate for a stimulant and also what some of the side effects are? Mm. So um, stimulant medication have a few common side effects. The most common ones are appetite suppression. Mm -hmm. So the kids don't feel as hungry during the day um, after taking their tablets. Um, that's very common. I see that in most children. Um, the other common things are sleep difficulties. So a lot of kids have more trouble falling asleep at nighttime. And then the third most common thing I see is usually irritability, and that's particularly when the medication's wearing off in the afternoon mm -hmm. um, periods. So in some children, that can be a reflection of anxiety. So we know that stimulant medications can sometimes exacerbate those anxiety symptoms. So there are a, a very um, few number of kids um, where they might present, say, as really small and they have low weight and you would think a stimulant might not be a good option because right. um, you, you know, it's likely to impact on the eating and, and therefore uh, weight gain. Um, the other group is usually the kids who are really anxious and mm -hmm. irritable where you think that starting a stimulant might make their anxiety a lot worse. Um, and, you know, you always think about not doing harm as your first thing. So you don't want to... Um, cause problems with your treatment. Sure. And that brings me to a thing we, a question I had, we discussed a little earlier that sometimes parents are worried about mm -hmm. medication mm -hmm. for their children. Mm -hmm. What are the common worries that you hear mm -hmm. from parents and how, how do you talk them, how do you talk with mm -hmm. parents about those things? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, a lot of parents are worried, and I think that's a normal um, feeling to have um, to start your child on medication. I think it's a really big step for most parents. Um, the main worry I hear about is usually around personality change. Mm. So a lot of parents don't like the thought of their child being really quiet, 
losing their spark, losing their energy, um, and changing their personality. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I, I guess I reassure parents that that's usually a function of dose. Right. Um, so if you are on a stimulant like Ritalin or Vyvanse or Dex, amphetamine, um, you can make any person really quiet by giving them lots of medication. Mm. Um, but what we are aiming for is just striking a nice balance between enough focus, enough attention, managing the hyperactivity just enough so that um, their child can function well, um, but not have side effects or not have significant side effects. Um, and so that's that's most parents are really generally reassured by that. Mm. Um, and it's a bit of trial and error around dosing. Um, but most children will do well on a stimulant. So that's probably around 80 to 85% of kids will do really well on, on a stimulant. Mm -hmm. um, so the odds are in their favour. Mm. Yeah, okay. I think um, <clears throat> it's interesting to think too about when, because we mentioned earlier that the purpose of medication is to address those core symptoms of things like impulsivity and hyperactivity or inattention. But you mentioned just then about the function of it. So it's not just to address those symptoms, it's to address them enough so that it stops that difficulty with functioning that kids are having, mm. right? So it's not yeah. the symptoms or, you know, behaviours themselves, but it's the fact that they get in the way of kids doing those everyday things. Yeah, that's right. And I'll be happy if the child is a little bit inattentive or a little bit restless. Um, but if there's a big improvement um, and they're still a bit fidgety, but they're functioning well, then I'm happy with that. Um, I can, you can usually manage, you can usually kind of remove all of the kids, you know, hyperactivity as long, but that would involve pushing up medication really high, and then you're more likely to get side effects and problems mm. um, with that. So for you, what are the functional changes that you're looking for, for a medication? As a psychologist, from my point of view, I guess the things would be, um, that I talk with families are about is to, for kids to try to have some support so that then they can do things well enough, like pay attention in school, um, learn, be able to interact socially with other people without that kind of impulsivity getting in the way. Mm. So I talk to families about thinking about what, um, what you know, focus on the difficulties the child's having and, and think about it that way. How do you talk mm. to parents about it? Yeah, so in my mind, I think the main goals uh, generally are doing well at school. Um, so that is a range of different things. So ranging from learning and academic progress at school, um, which is mainly those attentive symptoms, mm -hmm. um, behaviour in the classroom. So some kids I see with ADHD do get into trouble in class for calling out and moving around the classroom. Mm -hmm. So I look at the behaviour component. Um, and as you mentioned, I think the social component is important, particularly around lunchtime when the kids are out playing. It's a little bit um, less structured and organised. Um, and sometimes those hyperactive symptoms can um, have a big impact. Um, and also with a lot of the medications, there is a little lull usually around lunchtime when it's wearing off. So you want to make sure you get that right as well. The other thing I talk about a lot is family relationships um, at mm -hmm. home mm -hmm. um, because 
you know, as you know, if you have a child with ADHD at home, um, it's often a lot harder to manage and, and parent as a parent. Um, and I talk a lot about the importance of having a good relationship with your child um, because that's a long-term thing. You're going to have them for the rest of your yeah. life yeah. Um, and you want that to be a positive kind of relationship. So that, that then often flows to a discussion around, you know, do you take your tablets on the weekend or do you take the tablets on school holidays? Um, and so long as there's no major, say, side effects um, from the medication, if it makes home life good and helps build positive relationships, then usually I'll say there's no reason not to take your tablets. Mm. And, of course, there is that challenge of... Um having the symptoms, you know, the medication working to, on the symptoms that often ends at that school day. So the afternoons are tricky. That's something that is a different kind of solution. And I talk a lot about that parent education and, and around doing things a bit differently or adapting what you do um, to suit the needs of your child, which is probably a separate episode. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But I, I think it is important to think about that in terms of the relationship, right? And Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, and I'm, I'm often having that discussion in the afternoon because typically the medication, if you're taking, say, Ritalin or Ritalin LA, it's, it's lasting to about 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. But, you know, a lot of kids have activities after school. They have homework after school, particularly if they're a little bit older. Um, and it is a busy time in the household. Um, so sometimes, you know, I'll talk to parents about whether we give some top-up doses in the afternoon um, for those activities and afternoon periods because it often makes that period flow a lot nicer. Mm. Um, and once again, it yeah, helps build on those relationships. Yeah. Home. I think um, I'm always, well, always when I hear you talk about it, it really shines through that it's about the medication and the process of getting it right and the dosage is really a lot about that relationship with um, between you and a family and so for families with their paediatrician as well that it is this ongoing discussion and it's not just a one-off thing of here you go, mm -hmm. off, off you go. It really is about checking in and... Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, monitoring it and making sure that you get that um, combination that's the most helpful. Is yeah, that I think, um, I mean, the thing with um, choosing the right medication is a bit of trial and error. Mm. Um, there's no one size fits all for children. Um, and so sometimes you don't get it right with the first option and you do need to try um, a second option. Um, and then you sometimes have to get the timing right um, mm. for the tablets as well. So that can be sometimes difficult. Um, but they're often, some of them also dependent on dose, so over, uh, on weight. So mm. over time, you do need to make adjustments as the children grow because they're not static. Um, demands change as kids get older um, through upper primary and high school as well. Mm. So you might need better control when the demands of school get higher, for example. So you do need to kind of have this kind of ongoing relationship. There are a few patients or children, however, who are quite stable on their medication yeah. and there's no kind of changes required over, over years. Um, and sometimes we will kind of just share care with the GP in between appointments. 
Um, but I think it's still important to at least have a review every six to 12 months mm-hmm. um, to touch base and make sure the side effects are manageable and the medication's still optimal for the child. Mm. What are, uh, I mean, you mentioned in the beginning that it's a big decision for families. Um, what are their fears around, you mentioned changing personality. I'm thinking more along the future because we talked about how the point of medication is to address the symptoms that are causing that day-to-day difficulty with doing the day-to-day stuff of being a kid, like being at school and, um, you know, brushing their teeth, (laughs) things Mm. like that. I think about the long-term consequences of whether kids do or don't um, Mm -hmm. take, you know, for a psychologist, I guess it's more around that advice for parents. So it's the the path they're on, whether parents do or don't do certain things. And I think the same applies to medication. Mm -hmm. But what do parents have worries about long-term impacts of medication? Um, yes, they, they certainly do. Um, the main kind of worries I have um, that I hear from parents are around um, drug use and drug addiction. Mm. Um, that's often a primary concern. If we um, start some medication, are you going to be kind of reliant on it? Are you going to use illicit drugs mm. in the future? Um, I guess the reassuring thing is that a lot of children grow out of their ADHD and don't require medication long term that depends on their demands post-school for Mm. example as to whether they are studying more or they're going out to get a job or having a gap year for example um the i can reassure parents that i guess the incidence of drug abuse is probably lower if you do use a stimulant if you are on medication and it's probably the fact that you're not self-medicating um when you're older because Mm. you can still get a you know, response with things like high doses of caffeine and illicit medications. Um, so there's that point of view. The kind of documented kind of long-term side effects are usually around height suppression, um, but that's only about half to one inch, so one to two centimetres for most mm. children. Yeah. Um, and that's dependent on dose if you're taking a lot of medication over a long period of time. Um, right. Yeah, it's a little bit of, um, um, in terms of long-term academics and social functioning things, that's a bit of a gap in the area, unfortunately. Um, but over those kind of short periods of time, within a couple of years, um, you can show an improvement in core ADHD symptoms. Often you can show an improvement in mood and anxiety levels. Um, you can reduce risks of, if you're an adolescent, reduce risks of going to jail, for example. Mm. So there are kind of positive benefits in those few years, um, but we don't have those decades-long data. Mm. And so were you saying there's not a lot of that decades-long data about the academic outcomes of taking medication versus not taking medication if you have ADHD? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. What, I mean, you've said thousands of families now are over 11 Mm. years. Do you notice any pattern um, of that? trajectory of kids who might not be taking medication when perhaps it could be helpful? Um, I think like it it depends. There's a spectrum of ADHD from mild to severe and you'll see um, the children with milder symptoms. They were probably 
do okay getting through school, but if you have the if you have quite severe ADHD, um, the kids will often struggle, and you do see more kids disengaging from school mm. because they have trouble with the schoolwork, for example, or they're getting into lots of lots of trouble. Um, and I guess there is that relationship between academic level and kind of how well you you know function as an adult or um, perform as an adult. So there is a relationship there. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, that, that would probably be the main kind of things I've seen. Yeah, okay. And so I guess it just highlights then the importance of thinking about the support for those kids. And even if that, or, you know, one, a medication is one option, but mm. also support from teachers in school is one of the options as well for yeah, that's keeping right. kids um, yeah. engaged. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, the Australian guidelines would still say you need to look at those environmental kind of supports and parenting supports for children with ADHD. They don't state that medication is the only option mm, and the only yeah. thing that you should, should be doing. Um, it forms part of the holistic approach to management. Um, but because it worked so well, um, you know, it should be offered as a, as a first-line option. Um, and I often tell parents you don't have too much to lose um, because it's very short-acting. It only works for four hours, so you're only committing yourself to the length of the tablet. Mm. Um, and because the response is so quick, um, you should notice a difference um, within those 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah. Yep, and then parents can gauge how happy yeah. they feel with that and yeah yeah that's right i yeah i like that and i think i remember you saying in the past too that the weighing up of the um pros and cons is different for every family as well which is why it's part of that ongoing conversation you have with parents yeah that's right there's every situation is is different um and you have to make decisions based on all the available information for that specific child hmm. So um, thank you so much for your time. I think um, it's really interesting as a psychologist to hear these things. And so I'm sure then parents would find it really interesting as well. Is there more that you wanted to say on the topic or, you know, is there anything you feel like you've missed saying? Uh, I don't think there's too much that I've missed. I think we've covered quite a bit in a short period of time. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know about you, but I ask that question a lot as a psychologist at the end. Is there anything that you wanted to ask? And I feel like parents always feel like it's a failure if they don't mm -hmm. have a question. Um, so I want to make sure you don't feel that way mm. today. No, I think it's just a reflection that you've done your explaining well if yeah. the parents don't have questions. Yeah, that's right. So I guess we've covered a lot of things today as well. Um, and, yeah, my mind's racing about all the other things that... Um, I can cover the all those other things you mentioned about supporting families with ADHD. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the school supports and the parenting mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. Yep, that's yeah. right. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much for coming. It's been a long journey for you. You've come all the way yep. from your office, which was two <laughs> rooms down. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Parent Like a Psychologist. If you found it helpful, please share on Instagram so other parents can benefit too and tag me at Leanne Tran Psychology so that I can say a big thank you. Head over to leannetran.com.au to join the village for bite-sized psychology tips straight to your inbox. 
I really hope this podcast has brought a new perspective and you a step closer towards a calm parent and a thriving child. Have a delightful day.